0: Stand with us and sing along. An everlasting God, and we have a reason to sing this morning. Amen. What is that reason? King. He is king and he is alive. Right. So please Amen. sing.
1: energy and the passion uh, that you bring to worship King Jesus. He is worthy of that. He is also worthy of reverence and awe. He is a holy God. And, and so we recognize Good morning. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. So glad that you are here. If this is your first time with us, maybe you're visiting from out of state or maybe you're looking for a church. You're new to the area. Uh, maybe you lived in the area a long time and you're still looking for a church. We're so glad that you have worshiped with us today. Uh, Inside the bulletin is a place for you to fill out some information Uh, You are our guest and we want to honor you uh, as our guest We want to hopefully get to know you better Want to love on you and your family Want to be able to pray for you So there's a place for you to fill out some prayer requests After you fill that out, if you will please on your way out uh, Just take a moment, drop it in that little box that is out there Um, We would greatly, greatly appreciate that I don't know about you, but I love this time of the year For many different reasons, but the reason I'm thinking of is because as we enter into the middle of October into November and December, uh, we're going to focus a lot on missions. So the month of December, we're going to focus on the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, our international missions. As we even get into January of next year, we got something really special that we're going to share with you, and we're going to have a Mission Sunday emphasis and share more about our partnership with Ecuador going forward. Uh, but starting uh, really next week is one of my favorite times of the year and that is the Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. I love this and so I haven't been with you guys before Uh, during October. I don't know how much you emphasize it but I'm going to emphasize it. Miss Emma's going to emphasize it uh, until you're probably sick of hearing about it Uh, but I love it. We're going to show videos going forward Um, and so there's an announcement about that in the bulletin, and we'll talk more about that next week. But with that in mind, with our focus being on missions, I was reading Psalm 45, verse 17, and that verse is going to appear on the screen, and we're going to pray through that verse this morning, and it says this, I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, nations will praise you forever and ever. And is that not our desire, church? Is that the nations... Will know our God and praise Him. I watched a video uh, by Franklin Graham just this past week that he talked about more than ever the importance of these shoe boxes that are going to be sent around the world in the midst of this pandemic that's that hitting that's hitting the entire world. So the boys and girls can hear the gospel. Um, it's so important that the gospel go forth. And so I'm just going to ask you right where you are that you'll just take a moment and just to pray. Pray for our missionaries. Pray for those who are telling others about Jesus. Pray that the gospel will go to the ends of the earth so that people will come to believe in Jesus. So if you'll pray through that verse, then I will pray for us, and then we're going to continue to worship together. Father God, we just declared the truth and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are alive. And that truth changes everything. And that is the good news that the nations need to hear. And the psalmist says, I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Oh God, can we say that of our life, of the way that we are living our lives, of the testimony, Lord, that we're leaving behind will our family will our children our grandchildren our great grandchildren will those around us will they remember the name of Jesus through our testimony and lord we do pray that your name would be praised from generation to generation but also from nation to nation the spirit of god that you would just move in not only our country but in the world in such a powerful way Lord, we begin to hear from every tribe, every people group, people just professing their faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we enter into a, a time, Lord, of, of Thanksgiving next month and Christmas the following month, Lord, as we enter into a season that is known to be just a season of gratitude and thanksgiving, Lord, may we also have a heart for missions. Lord, may we give sacrificially over these next couple months to a couple different ministries that will ensure that the gospel keeps going into some of the hardest-reached places in the world. Father, would you just convict us, lay that upon our hearts as we pray for our missionaries, as we even pray about going ourselves, and as we send financial gifts so that boys and girls, men and women, grandmas and grandpas can know the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, may we continue to magnify your name this morning. We ask all of us in Jesus' name. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. If you'll stand, let's worship together.
2: my heart rolled away it was there by Praise Him, praise Him, for all He's done. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing
1: Turn to 1 John chapter 4. All our children, second grade and under, can make their way to children's church at this time. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to focus on one verse this morning. The plan at the beginning of the week was to finish out chapter 4, and the more I studied, the more I realized to... Discuss everything that I felt needed to be discussed would take much longer than you probably wanted to hear in one sermon. So we're going to break it up into two, so you don't have to be here for an hour, and I don't have to rush through it. So uh, we're going to be in verse 17, and this is the word of the Lord, First John 4, verse 17. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. And in verse 18, just for context, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Let's pray. Father, there is both a warning in these verses and a glorious truth. Lord, I pray that you would warn those who need to be warned this morning. And Lord, that you would give confidence and and encouragement and boldness to those of us who already believe in the name of Jesus Christ. May your word be proclaimed clearly, accurately, and boldly so that you and you alone receive the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There was an 11-year-old girl and her 8-year-old brother. And they, they fought constantly over everything. And so the father was pleasantly surprised when the daughter uh, made her own card for her brother's birthday. And so in the card she wrote, Happy birthday to my 9-year-old brother. I am so glad to have a brother to love. So God gave me you. That's just precious. P.S. Don't read this out loud or I will twist your head off. (laughs) That may accurately describe some of us and the way we feel about love sometimes, right? That we, in one moment when we're loving and we're demonstrating that love through action, and then the next moment we just want to tear somebody's head off. Uh, John continues... With this theme of love, as we finish, as he finishes out chapter four, and, and we'll look at it again this morning and then next week. Um, and so we're going to talk at the very beginning about love, and then I want you to see something else here in verse seventeen. So between this morning and next week, there's four words I want to draw your attention to. Four words. The first word is perfect or perfected. We'll see that in our text. The second word is confidence. Next week we're going to look at the word fear. And then the word first. I'm just trying to draw your attention to some words in our text. John Piper summarizes, I think, verses 17 and 18 very well. He says verse 17 tells us how to have something everybody wants to have. How to have something that everybody wants to have. And verse 18 tells us how to get rid of something everybody wants to get rid of. The thing I think that everybody wants is confidence, and he's going to specifically talk about how we can have confidence. And the thing that I think everybody ultimately wants to get rid of is that word fear. So, confidence and fear are the two words that we'll really focus on primarily this morning and next week. But let's first look at this word perfect or perfected, because we have to make sure we understand this. Word, and so we see this in verse seventeen. By this is love perfected with us, and you'll you'll notice that on the screen that God's love is perfected in us. So four times in these verses, uh, John talks about this perfect or perfected love. He says it in verse. 12 and his love is perfected in us we read it already in verse 17 by this is love perfected we read it there in verse 18 a perfect love and then we see it at the end of verse 18 that and whoever fears has not been perfected in love so this word perfect when you think of the word perfect what do you think of the correct answer is your spouse right your spouse is perfect That would be the nice answer to say. But what do you think of when you think of the word perfect? Well, our dictionary, when it talks about the word perfect, it talks about without flaw, without defect, without shortcoming. But that is not the biblical understanding of the word perfect here. The Greek word behind the English translation perfected is teleao. It does not have the idea of being perfect without flaw defect or shortcoming but rather it has the idea of maturity of completeness of wholeness of reaching its intended goal right so he says by this is love perfected by this is love going to reach the stage of maturity by this is love going to be accomplished so what is the by this refer to well you got to go back to verse uh, 16 So we have come to know, or we come to know, and we come to believe the love that God has for us. Watch this, God is love, whoever abides in love, so you're abiding in love, the love of God. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So, by our abiding in God, by God abiding in us, by our abiding in the love of God, and God's love abiding in us... Love will be perfected. Love will reach a mature state. Love will do what God has designed for it to do. So what John is not saying is that your love for God is going to be perfect. Or that your love for man will reach a perfect state by which you only love them perfectly. That's not what he's saying. Rather, God's love in us is being put into action. When we dwell in the love of God and God's love through the spirit of God is transforming us, that love is going to be put into action and when we begin to act upon that love and sacrificially love other people, God's love is then perfected in us. It reaches a mature complete state. Look back at 1 John chapter 3 verse 18. Little children, let us not love in word or talk. That can be easy just to say, "Hey, I love you." Right? We don't love just in word or talk, but in deed And in truth. So we are to grow in this love. We are to mature. Love is to be perfected in us. We are to mature in the way in which we show the love of God to others. Now why is this important? Well John is talking about many evidences in our life of our belonging to God. Of the Spirit of God indwelling in us. And he's about to use this, your loving other people as evidence, as a basis for your having confidence. So, so follow me. God's love through us to others is the basis for the confidence that John is about to speak of here in verse 18. So when you love somebody in a way that is not natural to you as fallen humanity, so when you love somebody in a divine agape love, a selfless love, Sacrificial love that seeks the good of others. You're not just saying, Hey, I love you, but you're beginning to love people. You're growing in this love. You're being transformed so that people are seeing the Spirit of God in you. That is an evidence that Jesus Christ is in you, changing you, and that is a basis for the confidence that He's about to speak of. So, this idea of perfect love, again, it's not flawless. But it's your growing in maturity. God's love is growing in you, which leads to the second word, which is confidence. And I want to camp out here for a few minutes together this morning. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence. There's that word, confidence, for the day of judgment. For the day of judgment. Now, judgment isn't one of the four words I want to focus on, but we do got to talk about this idea of judgment. So notice, first of all, the reality of the judgment. Judgment is not a popular idea today. Most people don't like the idea of having to give an account to God, that you're going to live your life, you're going to die, and you're going to stand before God and have to give an account to God for how you lived your life. That's not something that is popular in 2020. In fact, it's probably never been popular many people deny the existence of god because one reason in denying the existence of god they are hoping wishing that if god doesn't exist then they don't have to give an account to god so if in their mind god's not real then they can live however they want and they don't have to give an account to god so we we try not to speak of this idea of judgment yet the scriptures clearly speak of a coming day of judgment A day in which every single person will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going to throw a lot of scripture up on the screen here. References if you want to write these down and study these this week. But I'm going to read them to you. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all, all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. No one is going to be excluded from that. We all will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Hebrews nine twenty seven and says just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment. Acts seventeen thirty one because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. That man is Jesus Christ. God has fixed a day upon which Jesus is going to judge the world. Acts twenty four, twenty-five. This is the apostle Paul. It says, and as he reasoned, as Paul reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the coming judgment. Second Peter 2 Peter 2.4 says to be kept until the judgment. So Paul spoke of this judgment. Peter speaks of this judgment. Jude, there's only one chapter in Jude. Verse 6 says the judgment of the great day. So Jude speaks of this coming judgment. Revelation 14.7 says, And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And then listen to Jesus' words in Mark 9, 47 through 48. He says, And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. He doesn't mean literally tear it out. He's speaking figuratively. You need to do whatever it takes to deal with the sin in your life. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell where the worm does not die. And the fire is not quenched. God's judgment and the torment of hell is a reality. So here's the question for those of you here, those of you watching online. Do you believe in the horrors of hell? Do you believe that a day of judgment is coming in which every person who has ever lived will stand before God and have to give an account. See, we're a people who fear a lot of things. Right now in 2020, people are living in fear of maybe another war. Will there be a a World War III, maybe fearing a nuclear bomb that is dropped? There are many people fearing another Great Depression or another recession. They have fears of whether they're going to be able to provide for their family. Are they going to lose a job? We have fear of those things. We, We live in fear. Let's be honest, probably half the population right now is afraid that in a couple weeks as to who's going to be the next president. There are people that are afraid if it's Biden. There are people that are afraid if it's going to be Trump. Right now we have people living in fear of election day. And we are living in a day and age in which many, many, many people are afraid of a virus. The coronavirus. Now look, hopefully I have been very clear on my position as it relates to the virus. This is something that I have sought as a pastor who shepherds sheep to take this very seriously. I do not believe this is a conspiracy theory. I believe there are people who have died from this virus. I believe there are people right now in hospitals who are deathly ill because of this virus. I believe there's a very real possibility that I may get the virus, that you may get the virus, right? Now, to the extent of that, the numbers, I'm not sure about all of that, but I believe it is real. And so let me just speak very frankly to you this morning. Your dying from coronavirus is a possibility. Now, the probability of it is probably small, but it's a possibility. There is a possibility that we will have a third world war. That's a hard word to say sometimes for me, but there's a possibility. There is a possibility that you may get diagnosed with cancer. There is a possibility that some point this year, you may have to bury a parent or a grandparent. All of these are a possibility. But let me tell you what is a certainty. What is a certainty is that you will die of something. And what is more certain than that is when you do die, you will stand before God as your judge. Listen. We are afraid that our parents may get the virus and die, and so we've altered our life to protect them. We're afraid that our children may get the virus and die, and so many people have altered the way that they're living their life, and it's not me to condemn the choices that you make, but here's the reality. I'm not afraid for people that I know and love to get the virus and die. What I'm more afraid of is the people that I know and love will die and go to hell. Whatever sends them there, whatever takes their life, that ought to be what causes us to stay awake at night is are there people that we know who when they die, whenever, however that happens, they're going to stand before God and be condemned to hell because they didn't know Jesus Christ. That's the terror that faces every single one of us this morning. That the day of judgment will be one of terror and judgment for the wicked who have denied Jesus Christ. That's what ought to keep us up at night. And that's what ought to keep you up at night. Terrified that you're going to have to stand before a holy God. And yet, John says something here. That is mind-blowing. Life-changing, earth-shattering. Because look what he says. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have what? Confidence. John is saying, the day of judgment is coming. All of us will give an account to God. And he is saying, right now, this moment, you can look forward to that day with confidence. What? Are you serious? That I can actually be confident when I think about standing before my perfect Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that I can be confident in that? How? How can a red sinner like me be confident in that? Well, there's a couple things that we can look to. We look to verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. right? One of the tests that John deals with is the theological test. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? If you believe that, then you belong to the Father. That ought to give you confidence. Right, we saw in verse 16 if you are sacrificially loving the brothers and sisters that Jesus is changing you from the inside and is being manifested on the outside, that ought to give you confidence that you belong to Jesus. But then he says something here in verse 17 By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. As Jesus is, so also are we in this world. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is Jesus Christ afraid of the Father? The answer is no. He is not. We focused last week on John 17 that where Jesus said in verse 24, he says, "Because you love me before the foundation of the world." right What was God doing before He created? He was loving the Son, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, one God in three persons, this Trinity, this Trinitarian relationship, right? He was loving the Son. Let me highlight to you verse 23 this morning of John 17, "I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one." Listen to this, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus is saying to his disciples, his followers, as the Father has loved me, so that Father loves you. Let me, have, let me give you some good news this morning. God loves us as he has loved his son, Jesus Christ. God treats us the same way that he treats his son, Jesus Christ. As he is, John says, so are we in this world. Hear me, God won't condemn people who are like his son. As. He is, so are we in this world. Well, how are we like Jesus right now? Well, listen, we are not like Jesus in the sense of our character being perfect. We're not without flaw. We're not without sin. Jesus was without it. We have sin. We are not yet like Jesus in our bodies. Jesus in a physical glorified body. We are still in these fleshly tents. One day we'll receive a glorified body, but we're not like Jesus yet. So how then are we like Jesus? We are like Jesus in our standing before God. And are standing before God. Listen to what James Montgomery Boyce writes. We come to rest in the fact that the one who was for us in Christ will allow nothing to destroy the eternal relationship that the death of Christ established. You and I, and look, i got to confess, I still don't fully grasp this nor understand it. But you and I can stand as confident before God this moment as confidently as Christ sits at the right hand of God the Father. As confident as Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father, being the Son of the Father, you and I can sit this morning as confidently as Jesus sits on the throne. Because of who Jesus is in us. How so? Because you have been covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The righteousness of Christ has been applied to you so that the Father sees the Son when He sees you. So we can be confident before that day. This morning, you can have confidence for the day of judgment because of Jesus Christ. Which leads to the third thing, and the last thing I want to say to you this morning as a point of application, and that is this. We should long to see Jesus. You should long to see Jesus right now more than anything else. So let me, let me just ask you a question, two questions. And look, I, I want you to be honest. It does you no good to lie to me. It does you no good to lie to yourself, and you certainly can't fool God. So I'm going to ask you two questions, and I, I just want you to be honest. Can you say yes to either of these questions? Number one, do you smile at the prospect of Christ coming? Do you smile at the prospect of Christ coming? And can you this morning smile at the prospect of Judgment Day? When you think about that day, that you will stand before God for maybe a millisecond before you fall to your knees. When you think about that day, is there any part of you that can smile? See, here's, here's my fear, if I can be honest with you. My fear is there's a lot of Christians today who don't really smile at the thought of Jesus Christ coming back because they're having too much fun in this place that is temporary. Their heart isn't really fixed on Jesus. Their heart is fixed on, but my kid's got a baseball game. But I don't want to miss out on the rest of my life i haven't even retired yet i just retired but i have so much left to do in this world so many worldly earthly things to enjoy listen if our heart is fixed on the things of the world then your eyes can't be on jesus they can't be listen there's part of me man when i think about dying that that i think what about my wife what about my kids but man when i think about dying at the end of the day i smile Because I get to see Jesus. Look, my parents, they may be watching online, right? At some point, they're going to die. And that's going to be heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. But you know what? They were always going to die. And when they die, they get to go see Jesus. And I'm going to rejoice. And God willing, I'm going to stand and do the funeral for my parents. And it's going to be hard. But I'm going to rejoice because I know where they are. They're where they were always meant to be, which which is with Jesus. I can smile in that. I can rejoice. As hard as it may be in the moment, I can still rejoice. Can you rejoice at the prospect of Christ's coming? Listen to what John Piper writes. I'll open with a quote. I'll end with a quote, and this is convicting. He says, Brothers and sisters, one of the main reasons why so many professing Christians have little confidence with God and little boldness with men is that their lives are not devoted in love to the salvation of the lost and to the glory of God but instead are devoted to providing earthly security and comfort for themselves and their families. Look, if your comfort is in the things of this world, then I understand why you are terrified of a coronavirus. If, if your hope is in the things of this world, then I understand why on election day you're going to be freaking out. If your hope is in the things of this world, then I can understand when the, when the stock market crashes, why your mood crashes and why you go into a cycle of depression. I understand that if your life is dependent upon how the things of this world ebb and flow and how you can keep them secure to give you joy, then look, I get it. But that's not where my hope lies. And that's not where your hope lies. And so though the world may go like this, men, as believers, we're just like this. Like We don't got to go up and down because our hope and our faith is in Jesus. So do you, can you confidently say this morning, man, I look forward to the return of Christ. Man, if I knew he was coming tomorrow, I can't wait. That I knew if I was going to die tomorrow, part of me might be sad, but man, I can't wait to see King Jesus face to face. But can you honestly say that? And if not, why? Is it because your security is in the things of this world? I'm not saying that means you're lost. I'm just saying you've lost your first love. You need to confess and repent and put your eyes back on Jesus. But hear me, as much as I want to encourage you as brothers and sisters in Christ, I cannot end this service and this sermon without calling those of you who don't know Jesus to repentance. Those of you watching online who have never given your life to Jesus Christ, I can't end without calling you to repentance because hear me, you are going to stand before God you will give an account. And the only thing that will save you from hell is nothing you can bring or nothing you can do, but is only the name of Jesus Christ. You must know Jesus. And if you give your life to Jesus, then you can know the confidence that we as believers have because our hope is in the name of Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Will you give your life to Jesus? I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head. I'm just going to pray for us this this morning. I just want to give you a moment, if you have never given your life to Jesus, to do that right now. Just to cry out to Him. Say, Lord God, I'm a sinner. And I need you, Jesus, to save me. God, I don't want to be afraid of that day of judgment. But I want to be confident on that day. And maybe for the first time this morning you have heard that that hope is in the name of Jesus. Will you give your life to Jesus this morning? Will you confess your sinfulness? Will you turn from your worldliness? And will you take hold of Jesus? Brothers and sisters, let me ask you, do you have that confidence that is in comes only through your standing before the Father, through the Son, Jesus Christ. And if you have lost that confidence, then will you repent and return to your first love? Will you return to Jesus? Father, I pray that in the stillness of this moment, whether we hear that still, small voice, Or whether, Spirit of God, you come in like a rushing wind. That you would just have your way in our hearts. Lord, we're living in in uncertain days. We are. And Lord, by no means in the message this morning do I want anybody to think that I'm downplaying a virus. Or downplaying anything that is taking place in the world around us. Father, I just believe all of that, though real, is nothing compared to spending an eternity in hell. What matters, Father, is whether we know the name of Jesus. God, I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody going to hell because I spent my life focused on trivial things rather than proclaiming the gospel and rather than loving people to Jesus Christ. But I want that to be the desire of my life. I want that to be the very heartbeat of my life. But I want want my children and I want my wife, I want them to know, Lord, that my legacy was one that was just to make much of the name of Jesus and to make little of the name of Aaron Hornsby. I want to pour out my life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that you'll continue to work in my heart, continue to convict me, continue to show me my sin, and continue to show me what, what the things that I may be love more than Jesus and help me to model, Lord, as we talk about fear next week, God, that we don't have to live in fear, that your perfect love drives out, casts out that fear, that we can live with confidence. Not only for that day of judgment, that we can live with confidence right now in this moment. So, Lord, I pray that that hearts were encouraged today and that lives were warned as well. And that at the end of the day, Jesus, you received all the glory and the honor. Let me ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me just say a couple things here before we close. Uh, One, if you... Uh, pray to prayer to give your life to Jesus if you confess your sinful sinfulness this morning and and you need you need to share that with somebody if you made Jesus Christ Lord and savior and so if you were watching online you can call the church office you can stop by the office right you can just let us know we want to know uh, how we can help you and encourage you and if you did that this morning would you let pastor BJ or myself before you leave will you just come up to us and say hey I have something I want to share with you will you pray with me uh, we, w- we would love uh, to have you do that uh, just a couple announcements on want to draw your attention to our women's uh, ministry has a bible study that's not tonight that's next week right you're resuming next week so uh that's not today so scratch that that's next week it is today and next week it'll meet this afternoon see that's why you got to read the bulletin i'm such a bad example sorry miss lindsey and miss robin it is today and next week uh you see the announcement about the shoebox you can sign up there Thanksgiving announcement, Ms. Robin's going to share more about that next week, so you want to be aware of that. Also, notice that this month is Staff Appreciation Month, so let me take just a moment uh, of your time just to brag on um, our staff. Man, I'm so blessed to be the pastor here. God has given us an incredible staff. My pastor BJ, uh, what he does for our student ministry, uh, just how much, so thankful for you. Let me tell you how good of a guy BJ is. He let my son land and beat him in fantasy football last week. That's how nice of a guy you are. So gracious, so generous for allowing Lane to have that, that victory. So so thankful for BJ. Thankful for Curtis and Ann. Just love you guys. So thankful for you. Uh, Miss Kim, our, as we talked about this past Tuesday, our administrative assistant. She has a fancy title. And so thankful for Kim and then Melinda, who does a lot with our finances. Uh, Kim and Melinda, you maybe, most of you maybe don't even know who they are. Uh, look, God has blessed this church with an incredible, incredible staff. And uh, we feel, uh, let me express this on, on their behalf, we feel that appreciation. So thank you for your love, and I praise God uh, for them. Uh, one other thing I, I want to point out, look, I don't, I don't do this every week, uh, and, and I'm bound. If I do it today, I'm going to forget somebody in the future. But I'm going to do it because I had three people say something to me already this morning. So we have a, a special, we have two birthdays, actually, special birthdays. There's a couple on the on the. The calendar there, but one is Miss Joyce Cog. And I got a text message this morning from somebody. Uh, Miss Joyce is 41 years old today, right? Yes. 41. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how old she actually is because I don't want to get in trouble. But uh, but just happy birthday, Miss Joyce. And then Alex over here, 18. That's a big birthday as well. So. Um, When you have three people before 9.30 say, hey, it's Joyce's birthday today, I figured I better acknowledge that because you're a special person. Uh, and, and Alex as well, 18. So, so big birthdays. Uh, so just praise God for you guys. Pray that you have a great day. We have services going on tonight. Want to encourage you to come back. We have a Wana. We have a Bible study that David leads. Starts about 5:50. Want to encourage you to come to that. You'll learn uh, and grow in that. So if you'll stand, Mr. Ken is in the back. He's going to come close us with a word of prayer while he's coming. If you will stand again. If this is your first time with us, we'll be out there in the foyer. Would you please just stop by and say, Hey, it's my first time here. Uh, we would love to get to know you better. Come on, brother. You really shucked the corn today. Keep shucking the corn, Pastor. Aaron. <laughs> Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you so much. We're sending Pastor Aaron our way. Thank you for our family, our church family, and all the ministries involved, all the volunteers. Thank you for being our comforter, our healer. Never said it was going to be easy, just said it would be worth it. Bring us all back tonight for Rowana and all the services going on tonight. In Jesus'
0: name, amen.